This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And I'm delighted to say this afternoon we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Hi there, Ed. How are you doing? Very well. Thanks for having me, Johnny. Been a busy old week, has it not? One of the busiest. This week was uh, an unsettling week for markets. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Indeed. Let's talk about the week and look back before we look forward. The big story, especially where you are, was that 75 basis points increase by the Federal Reserve. I suppose it could have been higher than that. Some people were talking about a full 1% increase, but nonetheless, it was a, a hawkish decision and a hawkish statement from the Fed. Very much so. I, I think the writing was on the wall. They were going to stick with that 75 basis point rate hike stance, third one and uh, third consecutive one. And and uh, they kept the door open, though. Um, and and uh, they also had a hawkish dot plot, which suggests that we could still see 125 more basis point in hikes this year. There's this fear that the market was a little bit too optimistic as far as the you know the the Fed you know being more inclined to to, to deliver a pause a lot sooner and now it looks like the terminal rate is going to hit 4.6 uh, possibly even higher and and that that you know was was something that I think a lot of traders were expecting that you know four four and a quarter four and a half was going to be how high they would they would try to you know signal markets and and this um, this was a, a major shift here because uh, I think, you know, there was there was this belief that, well, we're starting to see some signs of weakness in the economy. Inflation um, has peaked. It should continuing. It should continue to improve um, and that the Fed was going to um, not be as hawkish as, as they were. And, and now you're, you're, you're going to see that, you know, this changes everything on Wall Street. Um, I, I think, you know, the you know, for a lot of people, uh, you know, I think most of the investment banks they were anticipating that Fed pivot a lot sooner, and now what you're you're, you're you know the, the reaction function to this meeting is that you're 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 seeing everyone slash their S and P 500 targets. You know all the, the the bulls that were making that case that we were gonna we were gonna have uh, you know a really strong close to the end uh, end of the year. They're abandoning that call. So, so uh, one of the, the key highlights was Goldman Sachs. They're looking for 3,600 by year end. Um, they were rather optimistic before, thinking 4,300. So you could see that, um, you know, this this is a this is a major change for a lot of people. And and I think that you're you're going to see that uh, you know the, the risks that we're going to have this economy um, head to a recession are growing by the day and and uh, for for a lot of people um if if this economy has a bad recession um you're 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 looking at um you know potentially another you know 15% lower from where we are so this this is this is something that uh um you know the consensus on wall street was that you know the you know this was going to be a tough year but you know the, the the year was supposed to end on a on a positive note and and now you're seeing most people are anticipating that not only are we going to retest those summer lows, but we're going to close the year below that those summer lows, and and that's you know that's really unraveling uh, a lot of traders. And 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 what's what's really fascinating is you've seen the move in the global bond markets. Yields are skyrocketing, 
and eventually you know the the flight to safety is is going to see people buy into these these investments and that's that's that should put some pressure on and move higher in yields but right now it, it doesn't seem like that's the case we saw of course other central banks follow suit not necessarily to the same extent the bank of england raising its rate by 50 basis points the snb 75 and so on but what was the reaction from the rest of the world to the federal reserve decision well, it was extremely volatile. Let's let's uh, let's be honest about that. But uh, I, I think when you when you you go through the the, the list of of central banks, the BOE, I mean, the, the half point rate increase a, a lot. We're pricing in a seventy five basis point rate hike. Um, and when you take a look at the vote, that was pretty fascinating because you had um, three. You know, were, were wanting to be aggressive and, and stick uh, with that. Uh, you know, the market expectation that. 75 was going to happen. Uh, five wanted that half point rate increase that was delivered. And one person wanted a, only a, a quarter point rate rise. So I think that you, you could see that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, the BOE knows that, you know, inflation is not easing. They're, they're going to have to signal that, you know, they, they could be more forceful with these rate hikes if inflation proves to be more persistent. And, and that's, that's going to complicate things because they're, their economy is 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 weakening, and and uh, you know you already have the pound lowest level seen in 37 years, and it seems like that keeps getting um, it keeps weakening, you know, below uh, 110, and and now I think you're you're, you're going to see that a lot of investors here are nervous that uh, you know the, you know currency currency freefalls are, are are terrible for economies. Um, you you also have the uh, SNB, you know they. Yeah, this this was an interesting meeting because they raised their key rate by 75 basis points, uh, um, and and uh, they exited you know that that negative uh, interest rate environment and and I think you know there were expectations that you know maybe they could surprise with a full point. So I think you're you're seeing that aggressive rate hikes are being um, you know delivered. Um, I think you know there there's so many rate decisions. Uh, Brazil, um, Brazil is a fascinating one because they kept their rates steady, um, but they, you know, have been one of the the first to deliver these rate hikes, and you know they're they're keeping rates elevated at, you know, uh, 13.75%. So I mean that's. Uh, that's you know they've already done their fair share of tightening and and they they're signaling that you know that they're not going to hesitate with with giving more rate raises so I think you know that you you're you're seeing EM as they get as they're they're you know a little bit more vulnerable to these inflationary pressures they're they're remaining extremely aggressive but you know nothing is is really derailing King Dollar I mean that trade is firmly in place uh, you know the South African Central Bank uh, delivered a lot of times you'll you'll see is um, EM markets will follow what the Fed does they did the 75 basis point rate increase their rate six six and a quarter so I think you're you're seeing a uh, you know they're quickly tightening. The, they they brought their rate back to pre-COVID levels. So there's this 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 strong you know view that you're you're seeing uh, central banks are being very aggressive with rate hikes, some more than others, uh, but that's sending global bond yields higher, and uh, that environment is not good for risky assets. Uh, I mean, you have a couple exceptions like you know the Turkish central bank cutting, but, you know, they don't adhere to, you know, normal monetary policy strategies. Um, but, but overall, I think you're, you're seeing that the market is really prepared for um, a period of, you know, enhanced volatility. And, and this volatility is not really looking like it's going to be 
you know, supportive for risky assets. So it, you, you're seeing a lot of nervousness right now. Uh, flight to safety is growing. Um, you, you know, even uh, gold is uh, down sharply. It's it's testing uh, 1650 right now. And and you're probably going to see that there's there's a lot of um, you know fear that you know if this dollar rally you know gets out of hand uh, you know you, you could have a, a de-risking moment where we we get another sea of red where things get ugly over the short term period. Meanwhile, the Japanese intervened to prop up their currency. The yen certainly strengthened against the U.S. dollar after that decision, and that's following months of decline. The government said it would buy yen and sell dollars in a bid to shore up its currency. Very much so. I, I think this was a, a fascinating move. Um, I, I think, you know, given the fallout from the Fed, you know, this this should have been the main <laughs> the main story of the week. Uh, intervention in the currency markets uh, is the first time they did it since 1998. Uh, the yen has been in free fall. Um, it, this is uh, something that, you know, there has been pressure uh, to try to, to to offer some relief for the, the Japanese yen. Um, you know, their central bank, you know, they, they consistently are sticking to this ultra low interest rate strategy. Uh, and that's been putting, you know, a lot of pressure on the currency. Um, you, you have this inter- interest rate differential, which is just, it, it just continues to widen. Um, and uh, now you're, you're you're seeing uh, you know I think there's a lot of concern here that uh, you know this is not a coordinated intervention this is, was unilaterally done and and that uh, I you know the, the typical playbook on intervention um, is that you know this move will get faded um, and there is nothing um, that is more troubling for a, a central bank is is when if you, if you deliver a currency intervention um, but you still have monetary stance that is accommodative uh, it's just making this um, move look like it's it's only going to be a band-aid solution and and uh, you're <clears throat> I think I think there's a this fear that you know depending on what happens with the dollar if the dollar rally remains the the key story in the market then guess what you're, you're probably going to see that Japan is going to have to go back to the markets and deliver another intervention and, and I think you know Typically, when you see interventions, this is uh, something that um, it's going to be very costly for them. And and I, I think that um, there was this expectation that eventually you could see the BOJ change their stance with monetary policy. But I, I think until you get a new governor, and that's not going to happen until uh, you know middle of next year, um, you're 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 looking at a um, a situation here for Japan that uh, this is. You know, un- unless you know there there's a strong consensus that you know the peak in the dollar is in place, uh, you know this this trade is is going to be a go-to one in FX. So I think you know a lot of people are um, not fearful of 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 you know betting against this intervention. Um, you know we've seen several interventions in the past. Um, um, some were done during um, uh, you know after natural disasters like the post tsunami one uh, you, you you're also seeing that um, there's there's uh, the, the big Asian crisis in 1998 which is when you you saw uh, that move done where US authorities supported it you know Treasury officials were quick to say we were not 
we we had nothing to do with this. So I think that you're 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 going to see that there's there's a lot of um, expectations that uh, you know this this move is not going to uh, this intervention is not going to be um, it's going to be difficult for this to be successful. There has to be a lot of things that go right. Uh, for that to be the case. So I think, you know, FX traders are salivating and they're going to focus on technical levels and, uh, you know, the, the momentum uh, selling of the yen is is likely to remain, I think, a key trade for, for investors over the short term. Okay, let's switch topics for the time being, Ed, and talk about crypto. And uh, the weakness of cryptocurrency has certainly returned, hasn't it? Very much so. I, I think, you know, there, there was a in the initial stages of this this major risk averse week, there's pockets of moments where Bitcoin was sh showing some some um, surprising resilience. Um, there there were times when you had equities down a percent or more, and 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 Bitcoin was still positive. Um, and and it, it shows you that you know yes, Bitcoin is still it's still a risky asset, obviously, um, but there, there, there was this belief that if we did have the peak in yields in place, um, you know, and as investors abandon equities, crypto would become a little bit more attractive, um, and, and that you were going to see the possible ending of that correlation. That's 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 going to be, you know, something that um, you know, for Bitcoin to trade on its own fundamentals, that that's going to you know, that might be a, a 2023 narrative. But for now, um, you know, the selling pressure is still somewhat limited. You know, obviously, S&P 500 has not yet tested, you know, those June lows. You know, Bitcoin has not retested those June lows. I think, um, you know, the risks that the stock market is going to, you know, retest those those summer lows is extremely elevated right now, it seems. Uh, will it break it? I think that risk is is growing, and uh, it's probably the base case scenario for for most traders. Um, and and uh, if you continue to see Bitcoin uh, maintain that correlation, uh, you know, then you know, you know, there, there's fears that you know, you know, the momentum selling could get ugly. So I think there's there's um, still a tremendous amount of caution for the crypto space. Um, are we nearing the bottom? Um, I, I think that a, a lot of traders will say it depends on what happens with equities. Um, but I'm, but I like to point out though that that correlation is still intact. But you're you're, you're probably going to start to see Bitcoin um, ease up on that correlation a little bit. So there, there that is a um, supporting that long-term bullish narrative. Uh, but I think no, still over the short term, um, you know, this is a very uh, difficult environment, and and I think that as we continue to see risk aversion um, run wild, you know, I think, you know, what will determine whether or not we have a short-term pressure here is, I think, going to be based off of, you know, just uh, exactly how we open next week. I think next week is going to be critical for risky assets. Um, you know, if, um, I think that a lot of people like to take a look at that opening high principle theory where, you know, if, if we open lower, uh, there's a good chance that we're going to close lower, like roughly 70% of the time. So I think there's 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 going to be a lot of momentum trading. Um, I think um, going forward here, and and uh, it will it'll be interesting to see uh, you know how how risk appetite can 
can try to make a, an argument next week. But um, I think the risk starts at the downside right now for, for both stocks and, and equities, and you can even lump in commodities with that. So what risks should we look ahead to for the next seven days or so, Ed? A lot of it will deal with geopolitics. Yeah, there's a small matter of a war going on at the moment, of course. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, it hits the seven-month mark. Wow, I can't believe it's already seven months. You, you have a general debate with the, at the UN. Um, you're, you're going to see uh, Italian general elections uh, uh, for, for my good friends across the pond. The UK Labour Party conference takes place in Liverpool. Uh, you also have uh, Vice President uh, Harris will travel to Japan and South Korea and does uh, She's going to lead the presidential delegation to the state funeral of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Um, so so uh, that's all. That's just the weekend. Yeah. And you didn't mention the situation in Iran at the moment. The backdrop of that is they're still trying to negotiate this oil deal. Have those problems in Iran affected markets at all? Are markets uh, worried about that? The base case for Iran and the nuclear deal for a lot of energy traders was that um, they would get a little bit closer, but they would just fall short of being able to revive that deal. The political environment is going to be difficult here. So uh, the pressure to get something done is is, is growing, but I anticipate that uh, uh, that is going to be a key risk that remains in place. And you're probably going to see that um, um, over, overall, a revival seems very unlikely as of right now. Okay. So what else should we look out for over the next week? Well, the, the I think Investors, they're, they're, they're still going to be, you know, digesting all the, the market volatility that was this week. Um, and they're going to pay close attention to a wrath of Fed speak. Um, there's 16 appearances by Fed members. Um, you're going to hear from everyone. <laughs> it's scattered across all week. Uh, and, and I think that uh, you'll, you'll probably, <clears throat> probably see it will be uh, a commitment to fighting inflation. It will be um, probably um, just more hawkish signaling, which should keep the, the general, um, I think, trend uh, in place of markets. Uh, I think, uh, you know, on Monday we have the, the German uh, EFO business climate. I think, you know, where everyone's watching the data deteriorate quickly in Europe. Uh, Germany is a key economy. It'll, it's going to be important to see how that that release fares. Um, I, I think that for a lot of people, um, you know, there was um, hope that you would start to see the data stabilize. Um, you know, consensus estimates right now, though, are for continued weakness with not just the business climate, the current assessment, and more importantly, the expectations. Uh, you know, I, I think there's there's uh, Pretty much every all the data out of Germany is a little troubling. Um, later that week, they also have their GFK co consumer confidence report, which is going to, uh, you know, plunge even further into negative territory. And I think that, uh, you know, inflation, um, you know, is, is expected to um, heat up, and, and that's that's not a good sign. Um, so, so I think I think um, over, overall, um, as we get through the you know the, the trading week, we'll. we'll We'll see the focus on central bank speak. Um, you'll, you'll not just hear from the Fed, um, several appearances from ECB policymakers, uh, Villaroy Panetta um, will we'll, we'll speak on Tuesday. And then also um, Sweden's Riksbank governor, 
uh, we'll speak um, BOE's chief economist. Uh, it's 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 filled with monetary policy speeches. Um, I think uh, rate decisions. It's going to be a lot softer. We have Thailand on Wednesday. They're going to raise rates most likely by 25 basis points. Um, upside surprises though could remain. Uh, Mexico is. Um, we're going to have a rate decision on Thursday. They're expected to deliver a 75 basis point rate increase. Um, and then on, on Friday, India is um, expected to have a small rate hike of 35 basis points. So I think uh, you're, 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 there, there's so much data, um, but I think, you know, overall, you know, the, the key focus is going to be on what um, policymakers are, are going to say. Um, and uh, I think that's that's kind of uh, where the, the market is. Um, and as lastly, uh, on Friday, um, you'll have the Chinese uh, government uh, PMI readings. And that is is uh, always uh, a must watch. Uh, China's economy uh, is expected to uh, show some stabilization. Uh, manufacturing activity expected to remain in contraction territory. But to remain steady. So uh, if it's not weaker, then it's somewhat better. Okay, Ed. Thank you so much for joining us today. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. You too. This is the Oanda Podcast.